In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here. And today we're going to talk about a very hot, very important topic, I think, for every business. Business is how to create an online course. I really think every business should have some form or shape of it, especially the more complex your business. Even if you're a lawyer, doctor, dentist, you need to have one of these. But of course, if you're an expert, coach, consultant, it is a necessity. And I've got the expert, Danny Eney. And uh, before we get started, we're in, remember, if you're looking to promote your expert business, if you're really looking for your course to take off, the ultimate tool is video case stories, not testimonials. Go to storycruise.com slash case story to find videographers who know how to create those stories, as well as create video case stories remotely. That's storycruise.com slash case story. All right, Mr. Danny Eney, 12-time author, um, author of several books, including the best title ever for online course book coming up, Online Courses. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Ann. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited to talk to you about this because obviously you've been doing this a long time. You've seen the online course space evolve. I want to get into that. I want to see what's working now. But let's, you know, for those people who have never heard of you, never seen you, tell us real quick synopsis. I know you've told your story a thousand times. How did you get into online courses? So the the super quick backstory is that, um, so I've been an entrepreneur for longer than my adult life. I quit school when I was 15, start my first business, um, bounced around a bunch of different projects. My first attempt at a big company was in 2006, 2007, um, literacy education startup. We were building software that teaches kids how to read. And um, we raised some money from investors and we got some good early results. The expert loved us, the kids loved us. Um, but it, long story short, I was a very young, very inexperienced CEO in what in hindsight is a very complicated industry. And so it all fell apart. Um, the market crash of 2008 was around that time. So very bad timing. And by the time I figured out what was what, it was just too late. We had bled money. The market had disintegrated. And I didn't want to tell my investors who are friends and family that their money was gone. So I took those losses on myself personally. Uh, so I walked away from that with about a quarter of a million dollars in personal debt. And um, anyone who's listening to this or watching this who's been through a business implosion, they know that you know it's not just devastating financially, which it is, it's also really tough emotionally. It's like going through a really bad breakup. And after you go through a really bad breakup, you're not ready to start dating again right away. You need some time to lick your wounds. So I was like, well, what can I do you know, to pay the bills, to do something that does not involve you know, raising lots of money and hiring a big team and all that stuff. And so I started a blog, started teaching about what I was doing and um, discovered this strategy that worked for me at the time to get some exposure, some notoriety. My audience started to grow. And people started asking me, Danny, can you teach me how to do this thing that you were doing? So of course I said, no, that's not my business because I'm not always as on the ball as I'd like to be. But eventually they kept asking me, I was like, okay, if they're asking, I should do it, right? 
So I created that course. I feel, I thought they weren't going to buy it. So I was like, you know what? I'll make the, I'll make the offer. If enough people sign up, then I'll build it. That became my first blockbuster course, did really well. And it led to a second course because people came to me and said, you know, Danny, I implemented what you taught me. I got all this exposure. Does that mean that now I know everything I need for my online business? And I said, well, no, of course not. <laughs> Why would you think that, right? There's, there's so much more. And so that led to a second course teaching kind of these fundamentals of online audience-based business growth. And eventually people started coming back and saying, you know, Danny, I've taken a lot of online courses and I never get any results. I never do the work. But when I take your courses, I do. Can you teach me how to build courses like yours? And that was like seven plus years ago. And, and I've been teaching this ever since. Since you said that, what did you find were the keys to creating courses that worked? There are, there are a lot of keys and we can talk about like learning design and, and architecture of a transformative experience if you want. But the most fundamental thing is the recognition that you have a responsibility to build a course that does work, right? A lot of online marketers, online course creators, they have this attitude that, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? So I created my content. It's not, I'm not responsible for what people do with it. And um, that was always just striking to me. You know, if one of your students isn't getting a result, it might be their fault. If all of your students are not getting a result, it's probably your fault. You know, the, the average completion rates of online courses hover, hover around six to 9%. Show me another industry in the world where 91 to 94% of your customers don't get a result and you're in business or, or you know, never mind in business, you know, you're probably in jail if that were the case. And so it starts with this recognition that you have a responsibility. And, and that's because um, it's a different business model from what people often think it is. People think of online courses as a publishing business. So in publishing, if you think about like traditional publishing, a book in a bookstore, you know, you go to a bookstore, you find the book that purports to have the information that you want. You take it to the register, you pay for it. And not a lot of money because books are not expensive. It's, it's, you know, limited cost to replicate information. And once you pay for it, you've got what you paid for and nobody owes you anything, not the bookstore owner, not the author, not the publisher. You're responsible for what you do with it, if anything. And that's fine if you pay $20 for a book. But if you paid $4,000 for a course at university because you're going to Harvard, right? Then you still have a responsibility to do the work. You've got to show up. But it is reasonable for you to expect that if you show up and do the work, the institution will put whatever they need to on the table to help you get that result. It's a partnership experience. And if you're selling a $50 course that is really just videos and a membership site, it's a glorified multimedia book, then you know that's fine. Put the responsibility on your students. If you want to sell a course for $1,000, $2,000, then it is a shared responsibility. You, the course creator, cannot just abdicate that responsibility. I mean, that's an important mindset shift. Obviously, you've written, I mean, a dozen or so books on this, and you have a new book, online courses coming out. And... Tell me a little bit about what's the meat of that. You know, how's that different from your other course books and how, how does it address this issue? In fairness, not all of the dozen books I've written are about online courses. I have written okay. several about that. Um, but with this next book that's coming out, because like you said, I have written a number of books about online courses, about the industry, about creating courses that are transformative, about online course marketing. And what I wanted to do was think, how can I make this more accessible to people who are coming from outside the space? right, who, who this is their first exposure to, you know, what would it be like for me to create an online course? And some of it is very logistical. 
you know, I have to do my market research. I have to have this many conversations. I have to analyze the data. I have to launch my pilot offer, et cetera. But a lot of it is very experiential, right? It's like, what is it going to feel like? And so I wrote this book in the form of a business parable. So you're actually, you're following the story of this woman who's trying to make money online and trying to figure something out. And she comes to this idea of online courses and she falls in the pitfalls that people usually fall in. So you can learn from that example and avoid them. And you see which parts are challenging and stressful and gear up for them. So it, it's really like a, a kind of first person account. You get to cast yourself almost as a protagonist as you read it and see what is this journey actually going to look like and feel like. Love it. Dane's got a big event coming up. Tell me a little bit about what's going on there. So, um, you know, once a year we have a big launch, we enroll people in our course building course business program. Um, and uh, because I write a lot often, I have a new book coming out around then. So we like to kick off the launch with my new book if, if there is one. So, you know, the book's going to be coming out. There's going to be an opportunity for people to get it for free for just a few days. So um, we're, we're limited. We can only give it away for free for five days. So those, those are Amazon's rules, not ours. Um, and there'll be a, a giant whack of free training and resources. And eventually, for people who are very serious and they want to take this path further, they can join our course business masterclass program to kind of go from where they are to a successful, thriving online course business. And we actually guarantee that it will work. Um, to my knowledge, ours is the only program where you spend the money, you sign up, and I guarantee that you will make your money back um, if you just do the work. That's fantastic. So powerful that you guaranteed it and you have so much faith in it because there are a lot of people, you know, and that's why I loved having you on. There's people in the online course world that teach online courses that have made one or two, like you said, they treat it as a publishing business, not as this mm -hmm. responsibility. And I want to speak for a moment, if, 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 yeah. if you're willing, about this idea of a guarantee, because, you know, a lot of marketers talk about guarantees as tools of risk reversal, which they are, but it really, I think, goes back to this philosophy of what are you responsible for, right? I see, I see guarantees as being a tool of business alignment, right? You know, I have this guarantee because, you know, we have a team of coaches that work with our students. I have an organization. It's not just me. We're, we're 30 something people now. And when we guarantee an outcome, it means that every person in my organization is crystal clear on what we are on the hook to deliver. Starting with me, there's no ambiguity. Well, did they like it? Was it entertaining enough? Were they, were they satisfied? Whatever that squishy thing means, right? It starts with what do we want to hold ourselves accountable to deliver? And if someone's signing up to learn how to build an online course business from me, then at the very least, they should make back their investment. There should be an ROI there. Otherwise, you know, what the hell am I doing? Yes, that's fantastic. I love that. It gives me so many ideas. I think a lot of people and probably some people listening to this, you know, I've got marketers and I've got agencies, that, but agencies probably don't build enough courses out. And I know for a fact that professionals just don't do this enough. How should like an agency or a professional service business that's not looking to make all their money online be looking at this? Should they be doing free courses? Should they be doing paid courses? How should they be approaching it? Should they be taking the online courses book and implementing it? You know, should they get the online courses book? Should they create free courses? Should they create paid courses? The answer is yes, right? That's that's the short answer. The answer <laughs> is yes. Um, but but here's a longer answer. Every business has a core transformation that they offer, right? This is like the core of what you do, what your business does, right? So if you're a lawyer, that transformation is legal services. If you're 
marketing agency, maybe you're building websites, what, whatever the core thing that your business does. Now, an online course can be that core piece of your business, right? An online course is the core of my business, but it doesn't have to be, right? This is a, a big mistake people make thinking about online courses. They're like kind of all or nothing. Either I'm gonna shift my business to make it all about courses, in which case we're a law firm. How can we make our business about online courses? That doesn't make sense. Or it's like, well, then where does it fit? But around that moment of core transformation, you've got three other phases of business. There's everything leading up to that transaction where they become your customers, where they have to come to know and like and understand everything that they need to about you. There is the process of delivering that service, right? So I'm providing my legal services, my agency services, whatever they are. And you know that's gonna take an arc of time. And then there's after the transaction is done. And online courses can fit into any of those times. You can use them to shorten the journey from stranger to customer, for them to, you, you can use them to support people to become better customers, to ask better questions. You can have an online course that supplements the service you provide so that people get more of the answers and clarity they want. They're bothering you with silly questions less because they're better supported. Or there's the after aftercare service, right? So a really common example is, let's say you're a speaker. You go in, you speak to a company, for, you know, you get paid $15,000, $25,000, you do your, your talk and people are all inspired. It fits really well to then go to the managers and say, you know, people seem to have loved this, but I want to tell you what often happens. They get really excited, but then three weeks later, they, they forget all about this. So if you want to take this transformation and really inculcate it into your organization, I have a course that you can have all your people go through over the next three, four weeks and take this excitement and make it permanent, right? So, so they become add-ons to the core service. An add-on doesn't have to mean small, right? Walt Disney is at core, the core transformation, Walt Disney is a film and TV company, right? The theme parks, historically, they were an add-on to that. But mm -hmm. up until COVID, the theme parks represented more revenue than all the film business, right? So just because it's an add-on doesn't mean it has to be small. But you really wanna look at that whole universe of the customer life cycle and look at all the opportunities where a course can fit into them. Probably the big question is how much do we give away in our course if, if we're providing a service? Like if I'm a, a coach, a business consultant, if I'm a lawyer, I'm like, if I give everything away. If I'm a marketing agency, if I give everything away, no one's going to hire me. There's two things. First of all, you probably can't give everything away, right? You know, if you're a lawyer, then it took, I don't know how many years for you to be, become a competent lawyer there's no way you're transmitting all of your knowledge and expertise into a course, right? Unless you're like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to recreate the law school of whatever, <laughs> right? So that's just not practical. But second, the people who want an online course are different people. They're different customers from the person who wants you to do it for them. And so you're either creating a supplementary course, something that is not replacing what you're doing for people, but augmenting what you're doing for people so that you can do it better. They can be better customers of whatever you're providing. Or the course is for the people who want help with this, but can't afford your service, don't want to work with you directly. And so it's it's the alternative option. It is. And some people aren't ready right now. Some people are ready. Some people want to learn before they come talk to you. Um, you know, we don't, none of us want to sound stupid when we go meet with someone. And I think that it's a great aspect of it. So, okay, I've decided to make this course. Um, I made this course. Now I'm trying to promote it. 
<laughs> That's, is, is, is that the biggest question you get? Cause I, I'm, I'm feeling like that's a big question. A lot of these experts, coaches, consultants have is like, I made a course and nothing happened to it. Definitely in the top five. Um, <laughs> and, and it's a bit of a leading question in the sense that if that's the way you ask the question, it may be too late, right? You know, if, if you're like, well, I created this course and now nobody seems to want it. Unfortunately, you may have created a course that nobody wants. Right? <laughs> so it's very important to follow this process of, start with the market research, do it the right way, find out what it is that people want, what they're willing to pay for. You're gonna have assumptions about all these things and you need to validate them. So part of the process is building a course that aligns with, with what it is that people actually want and are willing to pay for. Once you have that, it's about, well, how do I find leads? How do I convert them? And you know, I mean, th this is what all of marketing is about. There's lots of places to find leads, lots of ways to convert them. The, the secret of marketing is that it's not about the traffic, it's about the conversions, right? Because if you have a compelling enough offer, you can always find a way to sell it because you can, like if you have an unlimited budget, if every person who gets exposed to this offer buys it, you can afford to spend a huge amount of money getting traffic, right? Getting that exposure is only hard when only a very small percentage of the people who hear about it actually want it. So it starts with building something people absolutely really want. I mean, look at Apple's marketing, right? When Apple has a billboard, there's just, it's just a billboard with a picture of an Apple product, right? Mm -hmm. That is effective marketing because they're showcasing something that is designed for people to really want it. But that won't work for most products, right? If, if you're selling, I don't know, oranges, a billboard with an orange on it is not gonna be enough to get people to wanna buy. So if you have a product that people really want, you created this, amazing course that's just such a no-brainer. Um, there's a really good articulation of this. Um, I'm paraphrasing Scott Galloway, but a good offer is not a collection of features or benefits. A good offer should be an IQ test, right? As in like, you know, how stupid are you that you're not buying this? It's just that good. It's that much of a no-brainer. That's how you want to think about engineering anything that you create, whether it's a course or anything else. Tell me about what all is going to be involved in this masterclass that you're running this year. We take people really from um, from wherever they are, whether it's zero or you know they're somewhere along the journey, and we encourage you go through those earlier steps because if you did them right, it'll take you like no time. And if you did it wrong, then you know you'll fix the mistakes and, and avoid problems later. But we start with figuring out well, you know, where what is the direction of an online course you want to create? Okay, I think it's going to be about this topic for this audience. Now let's go out there and do some market research. Let's validate that they actually want this. Right? And not just they want this in big picture, but what is the language they're using to describe it? What are the specific things that are really important for it to include? And you're going to have some assumptions around what do I think this is worth? What do I think it's going to take for me to deliver this outcome for them? Right, And so let's make a list of those assumptions. Let's think about how we can test them through a minimum viable offer. What is the least that I can deliver while still checking all of those assumptions and giving people a good outcome? So that's called your pilot course, which you want to sell before you actually build it, then you want to deliver it in real time. And then as you go through that delivery, and we give you guidance on the selling of it, we give you guidance on the um, what goes into it, the delivery, how do you make it a transformative experience, and the gathering of feedback, that is going to inform, all right, how do I turn this one-off pilot course into something more scalable, more permanent? And we take people through all the steps in that journey with the support of a coach. Amazing. How long does this process take of thinking about it through launching it 
you know, obviously if someone has to do the work, but if I'm doing the work, how, how long does it take and, and how long before you start to see results? Assuming you're putting in, let's call it 10 to 15 hours a week, um, it's pretty typical for people to have launched their course, recoup their investment with us inside of 60 to 90 days. I've seen it happen as quickly as three weeks. That's a crazy outlier. I wouldn't count on it, right? 60 to 90 days is typical. And I've also seen it take longer when people, you know, maybe you don't have 10 to 15 hours a week. Maybe you have five hours a week. Maybe this is important, but not as important as whatever is going on in your life. So, you know, you want to get there and it's okay if it takes six months, but 60 to 90 days is pretty typical. Nice. You know, obviously we're, we're building up authority, which is fantastic. Um, and you're building up leads and you've added a cash add cash flow, which is really, really cool. And, you know, you, you're doing all these really cool things with a with course and so much power in it. What do you see as the biggest aha moment when someone does this and, and it works out? You know, where are they going? What's the biggest benefit, maybe the unknown benefit that they have? The biggest benefit is the, the way of thinking that the underlying methodology brings to your business. This core idea of, I think people want something. I'm going to follow this process to validate and refine what it is they really want. I'm going to launch it and then deliver it based on people who actually gave you money because they're interested and then refine it based on that. I mean, that's really the cycle that, that has driven all the growth of Silicon Valley, right? It's the lean startup, you know, mm -hmm. build, measure, learn, repeat cycle. And what we've seen over and over is that people will use this process to launch their course. They'll use this process to launch another course. And they're like, wait a minute, I can use this process to launch a consulting service. I can use this process to launch something else altogether. It changes the way that they approach business. That's the biggest kind of sleeper aha that's hidden in there. And, and that's fantastic. I talked to so many people with business ideas and, you know, marketing ideas, and, and they'll spend weeks and months years on internal case studies, internal testing, internal board meetings that mean absolutely nothing. And they frustrate, mm -hmm. they just frustrate me so much. I'm like, go out there, sell something, see if someone will buy it and make it good for them, right? <laughs> Seems pretty easy, but most people don't do it that way. And it's great that you have a process to do this. So um, you're gonna be launching this. Tell me about the dates and when people can enroll in the masterclass and get going with it. The, the book is out on May 6th, and we've got a bunch of free content, um, free, free information, free materials, free training, leading to our enrollment in the Course Business Masterclass, which um, runs for five to seven days-ish and closes on May 23rd. Things have changed, obviously. We're doing this, it's a year out, COVID has happened. You've seen all the changes. I mean, you, you started in the middle of a recession, your first course business. You've seen it explode and everyone teaching courses and everyone doing courses. How have you seen how courses are created, how courses are crafted and, and consumed change over the past year? So it's really interesting um, because it's actually a pattern that's been happening over the last bunch of years, but COVID kind of like, you know, floored the accelerator on it, right? It just, it, it sped what was going to take five to 10 years, sped it up to literally over the course of one year. So if we go back a little more than a year, we're right at the point where online courses have crossed into the mainstream. So if you're familiar with Everett Rogers' diffusion of, of innovations, right? Innovators, early adopters, mainstream buyers, we've all seen that bell curve. And that's how any new innovation enters 
the market, right? It starts by innovators, people who are like excited to be on the bleeding edge. Then your early adopters are like, yeah, this looks cool, I'll try it. And eventually it goes into the mainstream. And this is a really important, um, really important distinction because it's only recently become mainstream. Often I talk to audiences who've been taking online courses, following online courses for five, 10, 15 years. And they're like, well, this isn't new. And it's, it's a little bit like, you know, you can be in a nightclub, again, you know, pre-COVID, you can be in a nightclub, you're 10 feet away from the speakers, it's so loud, you can't imagine that there's anyone who can't hear this, but you know, two blocks down, nobody knows this is happening, right? It's only in the last couple of years that we got to a point where if you were to ask a random person on the street, hey, where can I take an online course? Sorry, I shouldn't say online. Where can I take a course? They would, they would have said anything other than, well, a university, a college, a community center, right? The idea of online being the solution to that is very recent. And we were just starting to spill into the mainstream when COVID forced everyone online and Zoom saw its user base grow by 2000% in like three weeks and you know Skillshare and all these systems, like their, their usage just exploded. And so all of a sudden everyone's comfortable doing things online. Everyone's looking for information online. And they're kind of going back to our conversation earlier about information versus transformation publishing versus education. Um, there are these two categories of courses. And we've gotten to a point where it's mainstream enough that the publishing type courses, the, the $50 bunch of videos in a membership site, and you're on your own, it's become pretty saturated. And it's become pretty competitive, right? Like if you want to teach screenwriting, right? Well, you know, you're competing with Aaron Sorkin, who wrote The West Wing and A Few Good Men, who's on Masterclass for, I don't know, 80 bucks right? With like, you know, high-end production value, everything. That's like a very hard thing to compete with. So if people are just looking for information, there are a lot of really good options to get that information, to get that inspiration. And you can either see Aaron Sorkin as your, your competition, right? Well, how can I compete with him? Or you can see him as the guy who's opening the door for you. Because all these people who are interested in screenwriting, take his course and like, I'm super excited. This is awesome. And then they're like, but wait, I'm not actually a better screenwriter than I was before I took that course. So now that I'm ready to get serious, who can work with me and help me actually get good at this? And instead of 80 bucks, I'm willing to spend a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars. They can't just be videos in a membership site. It's got to be a more involved process, got to be something that actually helps me get good at this. And I'm willing to spend money there. And in that second segment of courses that deliver a transformation, that's where there's a huge amount of opportunity right now. Obviously, this is, goes into what you're teaching, but that transformation is one of those things that it, we want to make that promise of it, but also we want to make sure it happens. And I know we talked a little bit about it, but what are the big obstacles you see right now in the current course environment that is preventing that transformation? Um, honestly, the biggest impediment is that people aren't even realizing that they're responsible for delivering it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like not to trivialize the delivery of transformation. It's, it's hard. It's a, it's a difficult thing to do. Right. But it's a little bit like, you know, finding your ideal customer avatar. It, it takes work to do it, but the biggest challenge is a lot of entrepreneurs don't even realize they need to do it. Right. So the biggest challenge is that people don't realize they are responsible for that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, here's what you want to start with. You know, at the end, the instructional designers call this backward integrated design. So when all is said and done, people are done with my course. What do I want them to know? What do I want them to be able to do? What do I want them to remember? What do I want them to feel? And I, I would really drill down, especially the part about what do I want them to do? 
what do I want them to be able to do? And also under what context, right? So, you know, if you were to say, well, I want to teach a course about how to use a handgun, right? Well, are we talking about using it at a shooting range? Or are we talking about using it in combat in Afghanistan? Because that's a very different course, right? Very different level of skill and expertise that you have to impart. So you start with, what do I want them to be able to do? Under what circumstances? How good do they have to be at it? And then you can reverse engineer, well, what is the experience I have to create to get them there? And there are three components on this journey from, from I don't know how to do this, to now I do. The first component is the consumption of information, right? So, you know, let's stick with the gun thing. You know, here's how you have to stand. Here's how you have to look, you know, keep both eyes open. Here's how you hold your shoulders. So you brace the impact, whatever it is, right? That's the information. And you need some information because, you know, that's what you build on. But information, that's what a book is. Information can open our eyes to possibilities we didn't know existed. Information can expand our horizons. Information can inspire us. Information can integrate new knowledge into existing expertise. Information does not make us good at things, right? Just like you can't learn karate from a book, right? You, you don't get good at things by reading about them, watching videos about them, listening to audios about them. You just learn about them. You don't learn to do them. So from the information, the second step is application. I'm going to take what I just learned and do something with it, right? And that can be in, in real life practically, or it can be theoretical worksheets, homework, exercises, et cetera. And then you need to close the feedback loop on what did I do well? What did I not do well? And that's the third step of integration. And that feedback can be very brute force. You know, if I'm learning how to skateboard, feedback can come from gravity and concrete, or it can be very nuanced from a coach, from an instructor, from a peer. And so you figure out where, at the end of this journey, what I want them to be able to do, under what circumstances, how well. And then you say, okay, what do I need them to know? What is the information? What do I need them to practice and apply? And how do I need to give them feedback? And you can engineer that learning journey. Fantastic. You know, obviously, if you're going to go through this, you're going to help people move through this in, in the upcoming online courses book mm -hmm. and in the masterclass. And we'll, we'll have links to that in all the show notes. Get involved because it, I, I think for every business right now, there's still an opportunity. It's like online video of not everyone's doing it. You might think everyone's doing it. Not everyone's doing it. There will come a time when it moves from nice to have to must have. And it's, and if you don't have it, it's kind of like, you know, email or a website. Eventually everyone had one and then you just have to be exceptional. I think there's still an opportunity here. Um, so you know, I'm excited for everyone to take, go do this. I mean, there's a lot of free resources on there, but in preparation for this, what would you say is the one thing that everyone must do right now to get prepared to create an online course? What's one thing that they can do to get prepared, to get excited, to make sure it's successful? It's beginning with the end in mind in terms of what is the impact that this is going to have for you? What is the impact this is going to have for your business? And what is the impact this is going to have for your students? Because at the end of the day, this is about the student. This is about the difference you're going to make in their lives, right? So what is the thing that if you could, if you could, you know, capture the lightning of what you're, what you do so well personally, that's what a lot of expert professional entrepreneurs do, right? They have this unique skill set based on their experience and their perspective and their skills. If you could bottle some of that lightning and put it into an online course that creates this transformation on command, what would that do for all the people who can go through it, right? And if you can get excited about that, and then of course the ensuing leverage and freedom and impact that it creates in your life, right? 
that is what gives you the drive and the momentum to then traverse the rest of the journey. And I mean, that's great advice. And it, it is, it's so important. People, a lot of people just go, and I'm an entrepreneur too. I'm like, I'm going to make an online course. Let's go do it. <laughs> and really not think through that and spending that little bit of time, that vivid vision of what it's going to do and how it's going to help. It, it, it's, it's helpful in every business endeavor. And I'm sure it works in courses as well. Um, awesome. Awesome. So Danny, how can people stay in touch with you and follow you? What's the best place to stay in touch and follow you? So our website is mirasee.com, M-I-R-A-S-E-E.com. Um, the online courses book is free and I've written a bunch of books. So if you just search my name, Danny Amy on Amazon, um, you'll, you'll find lots of, uh, lots of interesting stuff. I mean, I, I hope you find it interesting. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, you had two other books that you recently wrote too. Uh, let's discuss those real quick. And which ones would you have someone read? What's the order that you think they should read them in? So the other two books I've written recently, I've been on a bit of a writing tear. One is Teacher Gift. So Teacher Gift is the nonfiction companion to the, the fictionalized version of online courses. So if you want to know the theory, if you want to understand trends in the industry, if you want to hear um, what are the steps to pilot your course, to market your course, that's Teacher Gift. So it goes really well with, um, with the online courses book. And then the other book I've written recently is called Effortless, and that's about growing, uh, I mean, any business, but particularly an expertise-driven business. And that's a good um, companion to all of the work about online courses that will support you in growing the online course side of the business, but really, um, really all of what you're doing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to check out those books. Obviously, I think everyone should check out the online courses book, no matter what business you're in, even if you've created courses, your Danny has so much experience that it's going to help you really to improve. And if you find that one little nugget, it's worth it. Uh, but Danny, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian, it has been my pleasure and my privilege. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening to Danny Ian taking you on taking us on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video, you know it'll make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer? An agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer 
or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 